Wags, it is September, and not only does that bring the start of the football season, um, but for fans of Leaf Spirits and the Green Bay Packers, um, we have a lot to celebrate, especially uh, when we're talking about Packers legend and Leap Spirits co-founder Lori Butler being enshrined in the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, and Dane, to commemorate that special occasion and gear up for the football season, Leap Spirits created a Hall of Fame limited edition bottle featuring Leroy. This special edition bottle comes with the same great recipe distilled from Midwest corn and incorporating a proprietary coconut filtering process that provides vibrant fragrance and flavor. Uh, and not only is it a must-have in any Packers fan's home bar as we gear up for football season, Dane, when it's gone, as you can see if you're watching, this uh, bottle will make the perfect addition to your memorabilia collection. Man, I'll tell you what, Leap Vodka has been recognized for excellence by industry experts from coast to coast and was recently awarded Wisconsin's Vodka of the Year. So folks, to find Leap Vodka and Leap and Lemonade, which is equally delicious in a retail store restaurant anywhere in Wisconsin, visit LeapSpirits.com and click on Find Leap Vodka. See show notes for details. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave a wish you good luck. Only thing I will All right, good evening. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wax and joining me as always is Dane on a Victory Monday. First win of the season. And Dane, I said last week, as much as it's nice to be able to do Packers therapy after a while, <laughs> it's much, much, much better to come on and talk after a big win against uh, our biggest rivals in the Chicago Bears. And thankfully, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers still own the Bears and we take care of business 27 to 10. So how are you feeling today after a nice win last night? Wags, it's kind of like Michael Jordan used to say, uh, he hated losing more than he liked winning. That's kind of what today feels like a little bit for me. Um, if the Packers had lost, I'd be in a pretty bitter mood today. But um, the fact that they won, I feel okay, right? We, we took care of business against a team uh, that we should have taken care of business against. We saw the reason why the Packers, um, you know, uh, have some hype going into this year. Um, all that being said, it wasn't a flawless game. So I thought that, you know, there's a lot of room for improvement, as you might expect from a team in week two in an NFL season where the starters didn't play uh, a lot of meaningful snaps in the preseason. So still working out the kinks, but I think overall, I'm encouraged by what we're seeing. Um, how did you feel kind of going into this game? Uh, I think that, you know, in our preview, we were expecting a win. Um, so coming out of it on the other end, do you feel warm and fuzzy now? Uh, or are you somewhere in between? You know, what's your sense so far? Yeah, I say let's hold off on overall thoughts on the team for the moment. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was a good win. Anytime you can win by 17 points, uh, I don't care who you're playing at home, on the road. Uh, as we saw across the league yesterday, uh, no lead is safe. And <laughs> the Packers certainly, um, you know, put themselves in a strong position uh, in the first half. A, a little bit sluggish, uh, sort of shooting themselves in the foot a bit in the second half. We'll get into that. But, uh, yeah, folks, if you are watching us live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, feel free to pop into the chat. 
give us your take, your comments, how you're feeling about the team, uh, if you have any questions, and we'll certainly try to feature all of those uh, throughout the episode tonight. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, Dane, what one thing that uh, we're going to get into, the good, the bad, uh, you know, all the positives and negatives, uh, but certainly I think we have to start uh, with just looking at what the Packers were able to accomplish in that first half, uh, because it's 60 minute game. See, even though, uh, they didn't necessarily keep their foot to the pedal in the second half. And that's the last thing that we as Packer fans are left with coming out of the game. Uh, the first half was, was really, really well done football. Um, and so uh, we had some questions about the offense coming into this week after a sluggish week one performance, uh, but uh, really established, I thought, had a great rhythm. Uh, the run game, just that was the emphasis this week. And you and I talked about whether it would be too predictable. Uh, I think the, the Bears came in and it looked like they were really trying to do everything they could to, to really slow down the run. Uh, but the Packers were able to fight through that, give some different looks and uh, get some things established and, and really move the football well all throughout the first half. So, uh, Dane, what did you think about what they were able to do offensively and the fact that they seemed to come out and, and play with some urgency and, and uh, play at a much, much higher level than they did in week one? I was really pleased by it. I thought that the offensive line in particular really settled in um, after the first couple series. So I thought that that was really encouraging to see. It was clear Elton Jenkins was shaken off a little rust, I thought, early in the game. Um, but Wags, throughout this game, I thought that this Packers offense did um, what we expect a Green Bay Packer offense to do under Aaron Rodgers, but also with some wrinkles. The, the run game in particular – um, the Packers just outclassed the Chicago Bears at the line of scrimmage. Um, the offensive line was able to push around Chicago Bears defense um, pretty routinely. Um, but I'll tell you what, Aaron Jones, man, was shot out of a cannon all night long. He was just a shining example of what we were looking for. Something wags, I thought, um, against the Vikings, had eight touches, and you were you were screaming at your TV saying, why are we not giving this guy more touches? Um, I think that um, you are completely justified in that, seeing what he was able to do again last night. He's just, he's special uh, when he gets the ball in his hands. And if you give him even the smallest of seams, Aaron Jones can be just nasty. I think he, he may have had close to double digit uh, tackle breaks or, you know, missed tackles on him. He was that good, uh, just dynamic football player. So credit to the offensive line, kind of enforcing their will on this um, lesser Chicago Bears defense. But Aaron Jones, man, I thought was just uh, head and shoulders the best player on the field yesterday. And it showed in the box score. And it, he definitely passed the eye test when we were watching him last night. Yeah, and it certainly – he and AJ Dillon combined for 39 touches and oh, almost, oh, almost 200 oh. yards on the ground. And AJ Dillon out touched Aaron Jones again, uh, this game. But if you're giving those guys that much work, I, I, I'm thinking this is going to be a very, you know, efficient and that's really what they have to do. Uh, the Bears were lined up to try to stop it from the start. And they really couldn't come away with a, a, a way to do it, mm -hmm. aside from when the Packers were shooting themselves in the foot in, in the fourth quarter. So it's it's one of those things where it's almost puzzling. Again, I asked the question, 
Coach Lafleur, you're the one calling the plays, and you said we've got to get on the ball more. Thank you for making the adjustment, but it didn't mm-hmm. need to wait until week two to do it, in my <laughs> opinion. Uh, Dane, what do you think the impact was on Elton Jenkins coming back? I mean, Huge. I thought, you know, he clearly hadn't played football in some yeah. time, uh, or I shouldn't put it that way. We know he hasn't played football in some time. Um, he, I thought he looked pretty good out there overall. Uh, certainly had a couple of moments where he's knocking off the rust, but yeah. uh, from an impact standpoint, how do you think that uh, helped the offensive line performance last night uh, and just maybe slotting everyone into their natural position as well. Well, that's, that's the key right there. Wags is even as he settled in um, we had, I thought Royce Newman back where he probably belongs on this offensive line. Um, you know, uh, John Runyon jr. Coming back practicing one day and getting back out there was, was, uh, was I think important as well. Uh, kept some continuity across this offensive line, but uh to your question, Elton Jenkins played, I thought, really good football for a guy who hadn't played ball in, what, 10 months to, to come out there against live reps. And, you know, the first quarter, that's a wash to me, man. That's, you know, he's just shaking it off at that point. Uh, but he really was able to settle in. I thought Yash Nyman on the other side played fantastic football, gave up one sack, I think, on third down, but otherwise played really well. Uh, Elton Jenkins, I think, allowed two sacks if you're looking at the stat line, but one of them more likely it was his fault, uh, just judging by the, the positioning and how things kind of went. The other one was credited against him, but I don't think it was really his fault. So to, to come back, I mean, he's just going to get better uh, the, the longer he's out there, but he really settles that. And you could tell, Wax, when Aaron Rodgers had a clean pocket last night, he was delivering and he was dealing. And you could tell he was a lot more comfortable last night than he was in week one. So huge kudos to Alan Jenkins to get back here. Um, but, but I mean, I thought that he was, he was extremely important. And Matt LaFleur, I think unprompted, uh, to the media was like, we don't win this game without, uh, without Alan Jenkins. Now, that's huge praise coming from coach LaFleur after that game. And it just, I think highlights what Jenkins means to this Packers offense. Um, you know, the, the big guys don't always get the credit. Uh, they deserve, but my God, if he's able to keep Aaron Rodgers upright like that, and he and Aaron can deliver strikes to guys like Sammy Watkins the way that he did, look out. So I thought it was incredibly important, and I, I want to kind of turn that back to you as well. I mean, didn't you think that Rodgers just looked more comfortable last night? It's like he kind of knew he had that that side of the line um, pretty much had his back there, you know, so to speak. Um, he just looked a lot more confident when he was delivering his throws. Yeah, I think everybody did. I, you know, they first, first carry run of the game, they ran right off the right side behind Ellen Jenkins. So there was no coincidence of what they were trying to do there. That's our guy. We're going to try to really win the point of attack. And, uh, and he was very physical. I thought over there a, a little bit rusty in some of his past protections, uh, but I think he really settled in over the course of the game as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, Bryce Newman looked much more comfortable as well at right guard. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So uh, that gave that five-man unit a heck of a lot more cohesion than what we saw in week one. And, and all respect uh, to the five that we had out there in week one, but you and I both said it. I, I just don't think Royce Newman, uh, in a pinch, I suppose, if we have to try to get by with him at right tackle, but I would prefer that we don't see that 
uh, moving forward and, and we can keep him at right guard moving forward. And, and I think he played much better last night as well, particularly in the run game. Uh, but I give all five of those guys credit. Um, Robert Quinn, I know he got in there for a sack, but, uh, he, He's going to do that to pretty much everyone. And, and for the most part, I thought Josh Nyman did a really nice job on him in pass protection and really, I thought exceptional in the run game. Uh, both he and Josh Myers were doing a, a lot of pulling, uh, when they ran to the left. And that two man combination is a lot of, uh, that's a load for any team to be able to handle. But we saw, um, you know, Josh Nyman and, uh, Josh Myers pulling in a wide receiver screen to Romeo Dobbs. We saw them pulling that. that I've never seen the center and the left tackle do so much pulling, and and that gave a lot of cutbacks, um, and we saw a lot of slivers that Aaron Jones was able to take advantage of for some of his longer runs as well. So um, kudos to all five of those guys, and and I thought we turned in a a really exceptional performance across the board uh, up front on the offensive line. Uh, Dane, what did you, uh, just transitioning a little bit, we're sticking with the offense here, uh, what did you think about uh, the pass game? between Aaron Rodgers' performance and then also what we saw from the receivers. Uh, Was this week a performance that you feel like will quiet some of the doubters, or did it just keep things about the same as where you were in your mind, or or do you have more concerns coming out of this game uh, than you did maybe in the preseason? Just thinking now we're two weeks in. Uh, what is your overall thoughts on this past game and, and this wide receiver group overall as they've been working with Aaron Rodgers uh, coming out of this one? You know what? It, it remains to be seen big picture, but I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm fairly encouraged by what we saw uh, last night. And, you know, let's start with Sammy Watkins. I mean, Sammy Watkins had an important play on three scoring drives for the Packers. Um, you know, he was a guy who was exceedingly important, didn't quite clip 100 yards, but he had a couple major chunk plays, um, none bigger than that 55-yarder at the end of the game that really sealed it. Um, I thought that he I, – I tweeted it last night. I loved how he was high-pointing the ball when Rodgers threw that ball. He looked really fluid and fast out of his breaks. So I really liked that. We know what we're going to see in Alan Lazard, but I thought that he added another dynamic um, to this offense, uh, really to Randall Cobb's detriment on getting on the field. Cobb did not play as many snaps last night as a result of Lazard coming back, but I think that the quality of Randall Cobb's snaps were certainly higher than they were in week one. He had a couple really important third down catches that were able to move the chain. And I think at this stage in his career, that's really what we should be looking for out of Randall Cobb. I don't want to see Randy playing 35, you know, 40 snaps a game, but if he can do a little bit lower, but make those high impact third down receptions, it's going to make that offense that much better. And, and then I'll tell you what, Wags, um, I liked the, the game plan that LaFleur had. I mean, of course, it's easy to say that when you win. Um, but um, that being said, Christian Watson, some of the, the motion action that they were doing with Watson uh, and that what they're kind of teasing with him and even giving the ball, getting him involved early was nice. And, and seeing um, Dobbs catching that ball and, and doing something with it as well. I thought that Rodgers did a good job of mixing those guys in, getting them involved. But also it was pretty clear to me that um, from the get-go, LaFleur wanted to get those guys 
into it, right? That I thought that the Dobbs play was very clearly designed. That was going to go to him from the outset. And obviously Watson on that end around, um, they just wanted to get the ball in his hands early on. So I'm encouraged by what we're going to see. We're going to need to see more production out of these young guys down the field as the season progresses. But um, I thought it was a nice step after kind of a quiet week one from the young guys. And it was great to see Sammy Watkins get involved. I just thought that he played really good football last night. Sure. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, I'm a little bit curious about is why we haven't seen a, a little bit more involvement from the tight ends in, in the past game, particularly Robert Tunyon and Josiah DeGuar. And I realize that Robert Tunyon's coming off an ACL and perhaps they don't want to put too much of a load on him. Part of it could be a game situation uh, in week one. Part of it could be game plan in week two. Clearly, they wanted to establish the run. When you look at um, the number of snaps Alan Zard and Sammy Watkins had, those are two of not only not only are they the best blocking wide receivers on the Packers, uh, they're two of the premier blocking wide receivers in the entire NFL. I think Coach LaFleur made that point in his press conference this afternoon. And so uh, the game plan was to be able to run the ball, and and they did that very effectively. Uh, That said, Dane, I I am curious. You sound a little rosier uh, Mm -hmm. about it than I'm feeling right now, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, I'm not terribly confident if Sammy Watkins is who we're relying on. And he had a nice game last night, so I don't want to take anything away from him. But we really did a lot of of motions and a lot of quick passes, um, some end arounds. Uh, I don't want to just make it sound negative and call them gadget plays. But uh, the reality is, is we haven't established any vertical passing game. I realized Sammy Watkins did have a nice downfield uh, pass and catch from Aaron Rodgers uh, in their final drive uh, that basically sealed this game. But um, it's a little bit of a concern to me that it seems like Aaron Rodgers, number 12, is not in sync. Um, when we're talking about about stretching the field in some of those downfield routes. And it's going to have to be Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, in my opinion, that are going to unlock that part of this Packers offense. There's going to be some teams, and we might see a big-time test as next week. We're not previewing the, mm-hmm. the Buccaneers game yet, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how the Packers try to attack them. Because I just don't, if if they are a little less efficient in the run game, and it's not just the Buccaneers, I think there's a lot of of defenses around the league that are going to be the same boat, um, and they don't have that uh, vertical pass game that is really in a rhythm. I, I think there's going to be some times where this offense could really really struggle, uh, especially passing the football. So um, I I am going to put a wait and see, considering this, in my opinion, was an overmatched opponent in the Chicago Bears, and, and we did what we needed to do uh, from a game plan, planning and an execution standpoint. Uh, but um, I'll, I'll be curious to see how the offensive coaching staff tries to unlock um, using some of the tight ends uh, in a little bit more of the past game and game planning them in to be more involved and how we can actually start to get uh, these young receivers more in sync downfield and, and not just in this short passing game because um, it's not that complicated uh, to, you know, step back and catch a pass. And even that 
hasn't necessarily worked to perfection as we've seen in the first couple of weeks. Um, his guys haven't had their head turns. Um, consecutive weeks has happened between Dobbs and Watson and Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, Dana, am I overreacting here or is there some cause for concern or some pause and, and just have to wait and see how this continues to develop? Well, I think that we're going to need to see these young guys continue to grow, you know, and that's, and that's not a guarantee and that's hard, right? Going, going off of the previous years. I mean, our top three receivers from last year, not on the team right now, right? I mean, or at least two of them, excuse me, the top two receivers. Uh, you could argue Lazard's one of them, but right. I mean, it's just, it's a little bit different. We're going to see these growing pains. Um, but I will say that one thing that I think you and I have been hoping for for a number of years now on this podcast is more of that pony look with the two running backs at the same time, particularly Dylan and Aaron Jones. Um, so while the vertical game is a work in progress, Aaron Rodgers constantly preaches getting your best 11 guys on the field. Um, and we saw a, a fair number I thought yesterday uh, of pony looks from Dylan and Jones. And I'm hopeful that that trend continues um, because it just gave the Packers a lot of different looks. I mean, I saw AJ Dylan lead blocking for Aaron Jones at one point. And I just, I really like to see it because those two out of the backfield at the same time make it extremely more dangerous for the defense. You've got to key in on guys. It gives them a totally different look. Aaron Jones going in some of these jet motions as well, um, you know, causes headaches for a defense that, you know, one of them on the field at the same time just isn't going to cause. So while we are still working through wide receiver wags, you've got to be encouraged by the, the pony looks that the Packers give. And I've got to think that this is just a, a touch of more to come after the success that we saw in week two. Yeah, I sure hope so. And if I, it's hard to be critical of Aaron Rodgers after he goes you know, 19 or 25 and 131 rating. Uh, but um, I'll, if you'll indulge me for a moment, you know, he's been on record multiple years now saying the preseason games don't matter. And, I, you know, what I've seen in the first two weeks this season and last season is, and more so this season, to be honest with you, with this new group of wide receivers is there's just not a full uh, amount of cohesion. Aaron will make the point that the schemes and the uh, personnel groupings and the looks that the defensives give in preseason are so vanilla that it's worthless to go out there. However, when we have, you know, uh, uh, frankly, some botch snaps, um, some a little bit of shoddy footwork, some mistiming on things that have nothing to do with how the defense is lined up. Part of me thinks that maybe some of those preseason reps could have mattered. Maybe, uh, you know, getting in sync with the timing in your downfield pass game, uh, regardless of what uh, you know, coverage the defense is in in the preseason can matter. These guys break and they set up their routes a little bit differently and that split second can make a big difference in the timing uh, when we've got guys that are lined up and and maybe you know I know that nobody's going to say it's Aaron Rodgers fault when he throws the ball and the receiver's head isn't turned um, the receiver's job is to get his head turned read the coverage and, and catch the football so I'm not even saying that's Aaron Rodgers fault but he's not on the same page with his receiver. So he does bear some level of responsibility for that. And yeah, so 
Does the off-season program matter? Does Do the preseason games matter? Uh, maybe ultimately they don't uh, for Aaron Rodgers. But I would say, Aaron, guess what? They probably matter a heck of a lot for your young wide receiver group that you're trying to get on the same page with. Um, and yeah, they need to ramp up and get there. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if, if this week or next week that starts to happen a little bit more, then maybe it does bear more weight to perhaps some of these reps did matter. Maybe we should have gotten a couple of series in with these young guys. Maybe Christian Watson, if he was healthy enough to play in that third preseason game, should have played a quarter or two. And so I, that, is that on the coaching staff? I, I don't know. So um, there's just little things that that sense of urgency can be lacking at times with, with the, the this Packer organization uh, when it comes to some of these performances. And it, you know, certainly didn't uh, cost us yesterday, but against the best teams in the league or when you're going on the road, you, you just can't have those types of uh, mistakes, uh, you know, those mental errors. And unfortunately, they've cropped up here each of the first two weeks. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I will give you that we've got to give them an opportunity, see what another couple game plans are, give them a couple more weeks and see how this develops. Uh, but I am a little bit concerned that we haven't taken advantage of earlier opportunities and it's not going to get any easier as we move forward. Yeah. And, you know, I, they put the ball on the ground a couple times, uh, that, that caused some real headaches for the Packers and the defense kind of bailed them out. Right. Um, and if that's, if against a better team, that goes a different way. That could get tight really quick. The Packers win by 17, but my goodness, Wags, mid third quarter, it didn't feel great for a little bit, even with the Packers up. So, um, to your point, they just got to clean that up. Otherwise they're not going to be winning games against good opponents. That's just how it is in this league. Um, we saw the Cardinals come back against the Raiders yesterday. Raiders looked like they had it and Cardinals come back. This is a league where offenses are, are a threat. And if you make mistakes, teams will pounce. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Dane, any other thoughts on the offensive side of the ball? Otherwise, why don't we take a break? Let's pay some bills, Wags. Uh, yeah. So first, why don't we talk about DraftKings Sportsbook? DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And right now, uh, we're headed into week three of the NFL season. And uh, with DraftKings, uh, we've got a, a even bigger deal for even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. Wags, if that's not enough, uh, everyone can boost their winnings with uh, DraftKings Stepped Up same game parlays right now for every leg you add you can boost your winnings up to 100 percent folks come on with payouts bigger than ever why bet on football anywhere else to make things even sweeter you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long all right, so Dane, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Mm-hmm. And Wags, I'll tell you what, man. Um I've been using these Raycon headphones, um, something that 
Um, our, this awesome sponsor, I'll tell you what, we started listening, started throwing these in my, my ears and it's been fantastic to do it. Um, I use these things all the time. I use them when I'm running. I use them when I'm, uh, you know, going out shopping and I don't want to talk to folks. Uh, <laughs> out at Target or wherever I go. But for real, these Raycon earbuds are awesome. They look good. They feel good. They're comfortable and they don't fall out of my ear, which is something that's super important when we're talking about these wireless headphones. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, one of the things that's really nice about them is that you, when you get you're talking Bluetooth headphones and these earbuds, uh, they last for a long time. Right? You get up to eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of battery life. Um, so I, I've never run out of batteries with them at all. So just plug them in when you're done. Uh, one other nice thing, I've said it, I uh, really love the awareness mode. Uh, so I tend to be one of those dudes that's just walking around oblivious to what's going on around me uh, with awareness mode. Uh, I, I don't need a tap on the shoulder and a dirty look uh, to be uh, <laughs> cognizant of questions and comments from people as I'm listening to my favorite podcast or music and out walking my dog. So, Dane, you know, these are just really great headphones. I'm so happy they uh, decided to come on board as awesome. a sponsor. Yeah. And um, you definitely want to check these out. Um, so, and folks, go to buyraycon.com today. Use code TPPN15 to get 15% off your first order. That's code TPPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TPPN15. All right. So, Dane, moving over then to the defensive side of the ball. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of positives. There were a few moments uh, uh, that mm -hmm. maybe we weren't feeling quite as positive, uh, namely that first possession. So uh, what do you chalk that up to you as far as the defense, uh, perhaps not coming out and, and having that dominant performance right from the first possession, um, and, and, and it took them the second possession on until the fourth quarter, which we'll get into a little bit later um, before they, they just really lock things down. Yeah. I, I don't have a great answer for you. I mean, it, it was, they just looked like they were coasting that first. They, they it, it looked like they weren't expecting to get into a fight and then they got into a fight and they kind of got punched in the mouth early on. Um, the bears just marched right down the field. Yeah. There was a little bit of trickery early on, but I mean, who cares? Uh, a defense that's coming in with this kind of hype, uh, with the investment that the Packers have put in, they just need to play better early in games. This is the second week in a row, Wags, where the Packers just start flat on the defensive side of the ball and they just let an offense march down the field. Uh, frankly, it's unacceptable. I'm glad that they were able to get it corrected somewhat, uh, but they just had a real challenge sticking. And I don't know what this defense needs to do to dig deep and, and come out hot. We saw them pick it up. We saw the good of this defense. We saw the bad of this defense. We saw a little bit of ugly of this defense and the tackling as well as the game progressed. So it's something that needs to get cleaned up pretty darn quick. And they just, they can't allow these types of things to happen. Um, and, and, and it goes to a man, I think, on defense. I mean, the, the big play to EQ that the Bears had was against Jair Alexander. Uh, I didn't think that the defensive line uh, early in this game was really setting the edge the way that they needed to uh, later on in the game. So it, it went across the board. The defense just didn't look 
like they came out to be in a fight and it took a series or two really for them to wake up. And that's just a frustrating thing uh, to see when our expectations are so, so high in this defense going into this season. Yeah, it's it's almost like they lined up across from this Bears team and said, these guys can't hang yes, with us. Exactly. And, and, and in a way, they're, they should be right. And they kind of were for a good chunk of this game. Uh, but it, it's like they had to get punched in the mouth in that right. first series, uh, for them to sort of wake up and, and take it up a, a notch and it really bring the intensity. Um, I'll tell you what, from the second series all the way until the, I want to say the last series of the third quarter after the Packers uh, fumbled uh, in the snap between Aaron Rodgers and AJ Dillon, the uh, Bears started to get something going and got, went down and got a field goal. It, this defense looked like uh, uh, the monster that was advertised for much of this preseason. Um, the Bears couldn't do anything. I mean, they yeah. were barely getting first downs, uh, let alone. Um, going backward most of the time. So uh, it was beautiful to see. I was a little bit concerned this week, uh, this past week, when I saw how, yeah, guys can can have an opinion. They can express frustrations. But after one game, uh, Jair Alexander, clearly our, the best player on our defense, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he, a little concerned when he express so uh, so much that he was not in favor of the game plan in that week one game. And I thought he came out a little bit flat, to be honest with you. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he got r- turned around uh, on the, on the, uh, the play the with the, play. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it, it wasn't like he got beat deep or a bit. He just got turned around and it's, it's Equinius St. Brown uh, running a route on him. And I, I don't expect Jair Alexander to lose that route very often. I'm sure he doesn't either. Um, he missed a couple tackles. It was his head mm-hmm. totally in the game this week. And is that a cause for concern? I don't think it's a long-term cause for concern, but what is the communication that's going on in the building? Are they on the same page? Are they really um, you know, uh, locked in. I, I think that's a fair question. Uh, we saw miscommunication between some of the players on the field in week one. I thought, uh, that was perhaps a little bit better this week, but still there were some times where it seemed like guys were a little bit out of position. Why is that happening? Um, so somehow, uh, it, are they just reading too many of their press clippings for some reason, even though this defense really hasn't done anything or, is there just something that's going on that they're not quite all on the same page? And that can be addressed. That can be fixed. So I'm not saying that this is a long-term cause for concern. Overall, this defense did what they had to do against an overmatched Bears offense last night. But, um, you know, it, it is a concern. I agree. When two weeks in a row, a team comes in, marches right down the field and puts seven points on you on that first possession. Especially at home, you know, start the year at home and that's how it starts. It just left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, obviously Jair rebounded at the end of the game with one of the best damn interceptions you'll find, right? Just streaking across the field and making that interception. Uh, but you know what play really stuck out to me, Wags? Out of the, every play on defense, um, last night was uh, a play that didn't, you know, won't make much fan play fair, but 
Eric Stokes sticking on Mooney down the field on that deep ball, the fields, and Stokes was just stride for stride with Mooney, that entire, just no chance. Um, if that ball was quote unquote better thrown, Stokes probably picks the ball up, right? I just, I was so impressed by, by Stokes' coverage, uh, on that play. And it just, I think that's a sign of, of how good he, he can be. And, you know, he's still a little uneven. He's still a little young at times, but I think that he's getting better, um, there, uh, on that front. So I was really encouraged there. And of course, Preston Smith wags. I, I we just got to talk about how good he was. And please feel free to chime in. It looks like you want to say something. Preston Smith, uh, was playing like a man on a mission last. Yeah, I, thank you for mentioning Preston. Just before we get into him, yeah. uh, I agree with you on Eric Stokes. I thought he had a great game overall, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just really strong performance. I thought Razul Douglas had a really good game uh, last night as only well. Only played three so, corners last night, right? He, Packers he, only played three cornerbacks the entire game. Yeah, so I think uh, Razul and Eric ha- uh, Stokes had really solid games. You're right, Jair. You know, he was just... A, it's just uh, for him. It was a little, a little up and down, and uh, so I, I think uh, he's got to back it up a little bit uh, when he's out there talking a lot and maybe making sure that he's dialed in uh, with the coaching staff as well on his responsibilities. Uh, but uh, yeah, Preston Smith, uh, you know, he one of his the best games as a Packer. Uh, quite honestly, uh, there were I think. The play, you know, that stands out to me is not even one that you would think of necessarily, but, um, I want to say it was when it was on, I believe it was on the possession after the, uh, Aaron Rodgers, AJ Dillon fumble. And the Bears had a fairly short third down situation and Preston Smith was lined up and he didn't rush. And I, I'm sure that was called, but he sort of just, sort of just almost hid standing up uh in the line of scrimmage maintained the edge and uh um, Justin Fields tried to do a keeper and he, it was like he was surprised that Preston Smith was there mm-hmm. so that just showed to me such great um maintaining of discipline and composure by Preston Smith, understanding the situation, really reading the play, reacting and making a a solid play that could have easily uh, broken down. And Justin Fields is off to the races, not only a first down, maybe he's, he's going to the end zone on a play like that. We've seen that so many times over the years and, and, and he had, couple of sacks and, and and some other really nice impact plays but sometimes it's the plays like that that really stand out to you right Dane because mm-hmm. you play defensive and you're you know you're an amazing defensive not end, quite but, at that level <laughs> <laughs> but but I but you know that like maintaining that outside uh a gap a discipline is a lot of times easier said than done because you can just take one step in to cheat in reacting to where you think the play is going and it's off to the races uh trying to catch up and the guy gets around you on the outside uh, so it's a little thing like that that goes under the radar sometimes it's a really solid play for any average plan watching but that it to me uh it's not only the physical great great play but the mental great play so when you pair those together it's things like that that really stand out so i could sing preston smith 
praises all night. Um, but uh, you're absolutely right. It was a phenomenal performance. One thing I want to ask you, Dane, is what do you think about the defensive line? I, I think a little bit underwhelming, in my opinion. Yes. So um, would you chalk that up to just uh, the Bears' offensive line, maybe better than advertised? They did really well against the 49ers in week one as well. Um, or is this maybe another one of those slight causes for concern as we've had two straight weeks where this supposedly, in the words of coach, defensive coach uh, coordinator Joe Barry, special defensive line um, perhaps hasn't necessarily risen to the occasion. So what are your thoughts um, on the performance of the defensive line last night and, and maybe overall at this point of the season? Yeah, I mean, underwhelming, I think, is a really good um, way to put it. Outside, I thought, you know what, I thought that Kenny Clark played another pretty darn good game across the board. Um, but when you start to look at some of the other guys um, across the defensive line, I just, I didn't think that they were able to do what I think we would expect from them after some of the hype and, and some of the, uh, the excitement that, uh, that we had bringing them in, particularly Reed, I thought, um, our, our free agent acquisition. I thought that he got pushed around pretty significantly, uh, throughout the game, both, both, uh, in the run game, but also in the, um, in, in pass pro. Uh, I thought the Bears kind of handled him, bottled him up pretty well. Um, one guy that did stand out though, uh, was Dean Lowry, who was your X factor, I believe, going into this game. I thought that he had pretty high marks against the run, but unfortunately, when he wasn't on the field, the, the Packers defense at times got gutted by the Chicago Bears offensive line. And that's just, that's the cause for concern, right? Is I don't expect the Chicago Bears to be able to come into Lambeau Field and run up and down the field against this Packers defense. And I don't know if it's a conditioning thing uh, going into the second half. I don't know if it's um, just, you know, uh, poor, poor execution, game plan, but it just looked like at times some of the Packers defensive line in particular were getting blown off the line, much like they were against the Vikings in week one. And that's just not what we expected going into a season where, um, we we're expecting to have one of the deepest defensive lines we could recall. So I'm concerned. I'm genuinely concerned about the Packers defensive front at this point, not because we don't think that they're talented, but because in the first two games of the year, they're just not as advertised. They're not what I think our expectation level is going into the season. Am I, am I wrong to think that? I mean, I just, it, it, it's, it's concerning for me because we need to control the line of scrimmage. We've had so many issues playing against the run over the last number of seasons. And this was the year I think, you know what, we're going to, we're going to fix it. We're remedying that situation. And through two weeks, we're just not there yet. Yeah. I think when you look at the the box score, you can say, well, Quay Walker and Devonta Campbell didn't had a quiet week as well. But what, when we're, we're watching the game, I saw an awful lot of, uh, defensive linemen getting pushed into them at second yes. level. And yes. while they may have technically missed a couple of tackles, it was of the variety where they're trying to get shed off of those blockers. They're not able to move downhill. They're trying to dive sideways to get around those guys. And that's putting them in a really difficult situation to be quite Wakes, honest. And Wakes, so, I'm sorry to, I, I hate to chime in, but uh, you were so spot on and Devondre Campbell in particular was getting mauled on a couple plays where it looked like he quote unquote missed the tackle, but he had an offensive lineman all over him and he's trying to grab a running back. I mean, that's not a realistic expectation of a linebacker. The defensive linemen have to keep their linebackers clean. That's just a reality. Yeah. And what we saw was um, Kenny Clark 
had acquired game statistically. You're right. I think he had a good game. In fact, that he did his job. He was getting double teamed consistently, yeah. if not every play. And so what that means is the other guys at the rest of the defensive line group need to find a way to uh, win some of their one-on-ones, and it just wasn't happening. Uh, so uh, when you look at the snap count, Dane, uh, you mentioned uh, you thought that Dean Lowry uh, did pretty well in the snaps that he was out there. He got 25 snaps. Um, Jaron Reed, 29. He outsnapped Dean. And then it was 14 for TJ Slayton and only four for Devontae Wyatt. We knew coming into the season that Devontae Wyatt might be a little bit of a work in progress. Uh, but uh, do you think maybe it's a situation where both uh, TJ Slayton and perhaps if Devontae Wyatt starts to show um, some of the um, things clicking and coming together in terms of the speed of the game and what his responsibilities are, that uh, both of those guys might start pushing, um, if not Dean Lowry, certainly uh, Jaron Reed uh, for some of those snaps and reps. Is that an adjustment that we might see uh, as we move forward? Because uh, I, I think it's been two weeks now and two divisional teams. And unfortunately, um, it seems like we have gotten out physical quite frankly, uh, at the point of attack with this defensive line. So um, I'm not saying that we need to panic or uh, do wholesale changes. Uh, we can play better, uh, first of all, but uh, perhaps that is an adjustment. Or, or what, what What adjustment do you think we might see if it's not a change in, in the number of snaps that some of those younger guys might be getting as well? No, I mean, I, that's totally valid, right? I mean, especially if, if always go with the younger guy. If you think that they're going to be able to, you know, grow into the role, I thought that TJ Slayton had a really nice year last year, and this is year two. We're looking for him to make a jump. Um, even if we're talking Reed closer to 20 snaps, right? That's still bumping up Slayton a few bit, a few more, or, or Devontae Wyatt. Uh, I didn't have a chance to really notice Wyatt on the field, to be completely honest with you, in those four snaps. Um, so I don't know how he looked in those four snaps, but. Um, yeah, I mean, the Packers are going to have to mix and match, and they're going to have to, to figure out who the best guys uh, to be on the field at certain situations, right? And and if TJ Slayton is getting push on film and he's looking like a better option, then um, politics out of it, we need to get the best guys on the field that are going to help us win football games. So even if it's, again, limiting Reed or bringing him down a little bit until he gets maybe a little bit more comfortable in this Packers defense or whatever it takes, uh, we need to find the best 11 guys out there at a time, and particularly across this defensive line, because we're not going to succeed long-term if our, our defensive linemen are three, four, five yards in the back, you know, uh, getting pushed backwards into our linebackers. That's just a recipe for disaster all season long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that kind of hits on pretty much everything uh, then on the defensive side. Unless was there anything else that just the missed tackles? You know? Missed tackles concern me. Uh, a lot of missed tackles. I don't want to sound so negative. We won. We took care of business, but uh, the missed tackles were pretty significant. I, I I noticed a number of them. So um, is that just kind of pre, you know not playing the preseason very much? And and to, you know and maybe it is right because we're missing tackles right now, and I that makes me nervous. And we'll be previewing Leonard Fournette in a few days, but you can't miss tackles against Leonard Fournette. He's going to kill you. So that's something they got to figure out real quick with this defense. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we might be beating a dead horse with this preseason thing, but um, you know what? <laughs> when it's it's resulting in a sloppy play on the field in the first couple of weeks of the season, I, it's going to be fair to start to question that. And so um, it, it is a little bit disappointing. Thankfully, uh, again, 
we took care of business. Yeah. It could have been closer, uh, to your point, if, if the, the, the Bears are able to punch it across the goal line there late in the fourth yeah. quarter. All of a sudden, it's a one-score game. I was never really nervous, but I'll tell you what. If they would have scored and Packer offense gave it back to them and Justin right. Fields is driving down uh, to, to, you know, tie or with two-point conversion, take the lead uh, at the end of that game, I sure wouldn't have been very comfortable. And no. it's not out of the side of the realm possibility to imagine a world where that easily could have been happening. So at um, least, hey, you know what, though, one more thing to give credit. I want to end on a positive note with this defense. Justin Fields threw for 70 yards, I think net yards like around 50. So, you know, dude was not able to get the ball in the air outside of one trick play early in the game. So I've got to credit the, the Packers defense. I think he only had 11 opportunities to throw the ball, but uh, that's partially because the Packers weren't going to let him throw the ball and the Bears uh, offense. Clearly, they didn't expect him to be able to move the ball. Otherwise, they would have been throwing the ball a lot more. So give the Packers defense credit where credit's due on that front. Uh, they did not let Justin Fields tear them up whatsoever. We've had trouble against young quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks. And a lot of times over the years, that was not the case last night. Yeah. And I mean, aside from that first series, <laughs> it was the Bears didn't. The Bears didn't do anything for over no. two quarters. So, uh, you know, the defense at some times was very dominating last night. That was a lot of fun to watch during that that period. So, lest we sound too negative, we just have high expectations for yeah. what, for right, what this group can do. Yeah, right. absolutely. Um, Dane, I, we didn't touch anything on special teams in Week One, but um, I think I just wanted to really quickly touch on. Um, Maybe it's a good thing if we're not talking special teams. Yes. I don't know. Uh, what, not to give away any big cheese, but um, I thought Dallin Levitt, just uh, outstanding special yes. team performance. I know he got called for a holding on a punt return, but um, just uh, really was a standout guy out there. So that I was like uh, him, really, man. I like yeah, him a really, lot. Really nice to see. And then as you know, overall, um, you know, uh, coverage has been pretty good, I think, with this Packer team. We saw Amari Rogers had a nice 20-yard punt return, um, kind of muffed the next one. It's, yep. So it continues <laughs> to make me pretty nervous out there. But um, other than that, um, what are your thoughts on the special team performance? And I mean, we don't need to spend 20 minutes on this, but no, uh, I, just, uh, just, just looking at what we've seen so far. Wags, I'll tell you what, two, two, um, tackles on kickoff where the, the return man didn't get it to the 20. I can't remember that happening all of last year two times. So that, that was encouraging instantly, uh, uh, as far as I was concerned. I thought that Pat, Pat O'Donnell had a booming 70 plus yard punt. That's phenomenal. I don't remember a lot of those last year. So you know what? Like we're going to see week to week. Uh, how, how things progress, but so far so good. I thought this was a very encouraging sign from the special teams. You mentioned Levitt. I thought that I thought he played really good ball, throw the hold out. He had really good coverage. Um, Tyler Davis, I thought was out there quite a bit. I think he led the team in snaps on special teams and had some good coverage. Um, Mason Crosby looked comfortable back there as well and swinging the leg. So, um, so far so good. Let's just hope it continues. But yeah, we didn't open the podcast with, Oh no, the special teams did this again so that's a good positive sign it's in my books yeah we'll ride that as long as we can this <laughs> season for sure um, i'm not expecting a flawless uh 17 games from our special yeah. teams unit but uh you know it, it's certainly a one area that's been a positive development no doubt about that so dean can we set up our uh 
players of the week here. And uh, why don't you share how we're going to approach this? Um, uh, players of the week, Big Cheese players of the week are bought to you by Leaps Spirits. Uh, of course, Leaps Spirits is the uh, number one vodka in Wisconsin and uh, bought to you by Pracker Hall of Famer co-founder Leroy Butler. So, uh, Dane, let's uh, let's set this up. Uh, we've got, I think, offensive, defensive, and special teams uh, mm-hmm. players of the week to nominate this week. So um, you go ahead and start it off. Where, who's, where do you want to start uh, with your Leap Spirits players of the week this week? You know what? Some weeks it's really hard because a lot of guys stand out. There are some really good performances this week. However, I think that offensively, let's start with the offense. It was extremely clear to me. Aaron Jones is my uh, Leap Spirits Big Cheese Player of the Week nominee. He was dominant. He was fast. He's as advertised. He's our guy, right? This is the Aaron Jones that we love. He was dynamic. The Bears had no match for him. I thought he was the best player on the field for 60 minutes last night. So uh, my nominee on offense, running back Aaron Jones, Big Cheese Player of Week 2. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Dean. And uh, let's make that unanimous. And it was it. very, very clear. I think on the defensive side of the ball, we probably already gave away the guy too, because I thought it was pretty clear. Yes. Um, Pres- Preston Smith is, uh, I think, going to be uh, the defensive X, or I'm sorry, not X Factor, player of the week here this week. And uh, just a uh, fine, fine performance. Uh, a couple of sacks, uh, had tackle for a loss. Um, seven tackles uh you know and it's not just the tackles as we talked about some of the contain uh really consistent pressure on the quarterback uh so was pleased to see uh just a, a really 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 nice performance from Preston Smith i haven't seen the pff grades uh on him coming out of this game but i would be pretty surprised if he's not the top rated defensive player uh in this game as well so mm-hmm. um dane i i don't know if you had someone else but i i feel like that's a pretty clear nomination on the defensive side of the ball as well i don't know what somebody could do to do better than what Preston did last night uh not only statistically but timeliness too he showed up when the packers needed him most time and again preston smith unanimous wags leap spirits big cheese player week two yeah, and I think we're pretty clear who we had on special teams. Yeah. Um, to me, it's got to be Dallin Lovett. Uh, and uh, just was able to get down and make a couple of special teams tackles, um, uh, impact as Good a player. gunner, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, really set the tone, I think, physically on those coverage units. Uh, stood out. Uh, and that's good to see. We've, it's been a while since we've seen guys stand out on a special teams unit. And I thought that was something that Dallin Lovett did last night. Um, so pleased to see that come to fruition. Obviously, he's a Rich Bisaccia guy. Uh, yeah. Bought him over from the Raiders and uh, the Packers pounced on him. Uh, was uh, battling injuries most of the preseason, uh, but was able to come back and um, uh, made his presence felt out there last uh, th- last night. So um, definitely, I think a very another very clear nomination uh, from the special team standpoint uh, for Player of the Week. Uh, but uh, Dane, any 
uh, one on any of those three units that you wanted to mention as an honorable mention as well? Mm, that's that's a good question. That's a really good question. Uh, John in our chat says Douglas was hot too. Yeah, Razil Douglas, I thought, played really good football. He wasn't on the field as much as some of the other guys. Um, but when he was out there, I thought that he was popping uh, on, on defense. Um, Wags, I thought that um, Walker, Packers rookie inside linebacker, uh, staying on the defensive side of things looked really good last night. Man, he's fast, isn't he? He moves sideline to sideline. He is aggressive. I really love the game that he's playing. Uh, so those are a couple defensive guys. I don't know if any other defenders stand out to you or, or any offensive guys for honorable mention, but I'd love to hear your take too. Yeah, um, I think for me, it's, it's Josh Myers and Elton Jenkins on the offensive okay. line. Uh, those two guys, I think, did some some work last night. And, and and while it wasn't probably Elton's finest performance overall, just the impact of having him back out on the field um, and how well we were able to run the football, I think, deserves special mention. Um, Josh Myers has had two really fine performances in a row. I think went a little bit under the radar in week one with some of the struggles of the offensive line. Uh, but uh, certainly, I think, is uh, pleasing to see the way that we were able to run the football uh, because uh, the pass game can come, as you said. I think you're a little bit more optimistic than I am at this point in time. But I will acknowledge that if you can run the football, that cures a lot of ills uh, for know. an offense. So um, the Packers have a lot of tape out there now after a really, really nice performance last night. And they easily could have uh, put up, you know, another, you know, 7, 14 more points, if not for shooting themselves in the foot, uh, you know, late in the game. Uh, that's part of playing a 60-minute game. I do understand that. But um, uncharacteristic, I think. So uh, that can unlock some things here as we move forward. So despite some of my slight pessimism, uh, it's really nice to see, that our offensive line was able to reestablish some of the identity that I think we wanted to um, move forward with this season um, when you're looking at the big picture. And that's to be able to be much more balanced and to be physical and, and win and, and run the football um, all four quarters. Um, the Bears never really slowed the Packers down uh, offensively. So uh, that was uh, something that I definitely think deserves a, a special shout out for sure. Wags, I'll tell you what, it may be only week two, but we are in mid-season form with an hour-long Victory Monday podcast. It is so good to be back. It's so good to be one and one. And the Packers next week will be trying to go on to two and one. We played Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We will be back Thursday night. Uh, podcasting a preview of the Tampa Bay Buccaneer game. Uh, so, uh, you know, no rest for the weary wags, but it's good to get off uh, and win one at home at Lambeau Field to uh, start the season in Wisconsin. Absolutely. So, folks, thanks for joining us this evening. Uh, if you want to join us live on Thursday night, check us out on our Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter channels. Uh, feel free to send us your takes, uh, feedback, questions in between episodes if there's anything that you want us to touch on or feature uh, on Thursday night. Otherwise, thanks so much for joining us here. Um, as always, be legendary and go Pack Go! go. Pack, go. 
Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will.